Well, good morning. It's good to see you again, or to be with you, I should say. I always say that, to see you again, and I can't see you. You're over there and I'm over here, but good morning nonetheless. Um, once again, I just want to remind everybody that uh, we're having church on Sunday mornings at uh, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. Isn't that right, Lonnie? 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock. And so uh, we'd love for you to come and be a part of that. And uh, a few people have been coming back that haven't been here yet. And, um, you know, we're trying to be as safe as we can. And we know that you are as well. And we respect that. And so you're doing what you need to do. And we're trying to do what we're needing to do on this side. We know that we love you and miss you. Last week, you probably got some notice about the backpacks of blessings that we've been doing throughout the years for some schools. And this year, we've chosen Edison uh, Elementary School to help out. And uh, so I have this little reminder in front of me to remind you, if you're going to make a donation for that, make sure that you get it to the building by tomorrow. That would be Monday. And so get it there and we'll make sure that that all takes place. If you only want to give a uh, gift um, of money, that's fine too. You can drop that off at the church office. But I just wanted to push that or express that to you today because I know you want to be a part of that and always have been. It's a good thing to be a part of and we know and we thank you again for your help. So we're going to do communion and then we're going to come back and I'll give you another message. Until then, take care and God bless.
Hello Western Hills family. I'm Roger Wood. This is my wife Debbie and her mother Joyce Booth. And uh, I've been intrigued by how often things are opposite from what they might be considered the correct way for something to happen. <clears throat> for instance, if we want something now, we usually have to wait. Right now we are separated by this virus but we're together virtually so that we can worship our Lord together. We look forward to the day we can do this in person. Sometimes we have to endure a time of hard, hardship to, to obtain a time of peace. God started this phenomenon from the beginning. He created light and dark, opposites. God made man a living being, knowing that sin would cause man to die. John 13, 33, Jesus said, Where I am going, you cannot come. And then later in verse 36, Jesus said, Where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Jesus, born from a virgin, had to die a cruel death, so that he could be raised to life again, defeating death, so that we could live with him. Jesus became the sacrificial lamb that had to die to gain life for us. This bread represents the body, the earthly body of Jesus. Let's pray. Dear God, our Holy Father, we come to you at this time and praise you. We take this bread and remember our Savior Jesus and the life that he lived and the death that he, he had to die for us. Bless this bread in the name of Jesus. Amen. The grape juice represents the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. The blood that, fled, that, that flowed from his body. Let's pray. Dear God our Father, we thank you for this emblem that helps us to remember the death that our Savior died so that we could live. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. We thank you for joining us in this time of devotional and remembrance of our Savior Jesus. Enjoy the rest of your worship time.
What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning on the everlasting arms. Lead Jesus, lead Jesus, safe and secure from all alarms. Lead Jesus, lead Jesus, leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how sweet to walk in this pilgrim way, leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how bright the path grows from day to day, leaning on the everlasting arms. Lead Jesus, lead Jesus, safe and secure from all alarms. Lead Jesus, lead Jesus, leaning on the everlasting arms. What have I to dread, what have I to fear, leaning on the everlasting arms? I have blessed peace with my Lord so near, leaning on the everlasting arms. Lead Jesus, lead Jesus, safe and secure from all alarms. Okay, we made it back. I want to thank uh, Roger and Debbie for doing communion for us this week. We appreciate that much. Um, I'm going to talk to you today uh, about something really special. We'll get to that in just a second. Let me tell you a couple of funnies about teachers, I guess, students. The teacher asks the little boy, says, Why don't you just brush your teeth, young man? I can see what you had for breakfast. The little boy, being a little smart, he looked up the teacher and said, What did I have? And she said, Eggs. And he said, Ha, ah, you're wrong. That's what I had yesterday. <laughs> and uh, this one's probably more about me, I guess. A little girl student asked the little boy student, Too bad you flunked that test. How far were you from the right answers? He said, uh, About two seats. <laughs> and this one's for all you wonderful, beautiful librarians out there. She says, shh, please be quiet. Please, please be quiet. The people next to you can't read. The one little boy spoke up and said, what a shame. I've been reading since I was six. <laughs> All right, let's look at some scripture. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 25 through 27. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path. For your feet, stay on a safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. That one little phrase there I want to hone in on for a second. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before us. What lies before us right now? I was thinking about that this week. Thinking about how I might introduce this message. What is it lies before us? Well, this week, or certainly within the next couple of weeks, getting our children back to school is certainly on that list, is it not? Sure it is. It's that time of the year. 
Oh man, all kinds of talk. Now some tell us the safest way to do that is with a thing called PPE. That's right, PPE. What is that? It's personal, watch this, it's personal protective equipment, as you very well know. Commonly referred to as the PPE is equipment worn to minimize exposure to hazards that cause serious workplace injuries and or illnesses. But I bet you didn't know this, did you? Did you know that God is all for PPE? In fact, he tells us as his followers to be sure that we wear it every day and everywhere we go. He does. He sure does. And he even tells us why we should do that. Really? Come on, Harley. Are you being political? Nope. I'm just being biblical. Let's take a look. Ephesians chapter 6. The armor of God. You guessed it. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's a bunch of stuff, isn't it? Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up your shield of faith, with which you can extinguish the, flame, uh, the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and all kinds of requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And the church says, Amen. You see, PPE is nothing new to God. It's His plan all along. It's His plan for protection. Protection for you and for me, for all of us from the exposure of the harmful things that Satan wants to infect you and I with. So I want to encourage all of us today, all of us, all of us and our children as well, as they head off to school, to make sure that we are doing our part to make sure that we are protected with the PPE that God called us to do. And that is, please pray every day. The PPE that God wants us to have in our life. Let's look at some scripture now from the Old Testament and then we'll go back to the New Testament and hopefully give you something that you can take with you that will bless you today. Let's do it. A lot of scripture today. This one's going to be out of Nehemiah. In the Old Testament, God's people found themselves in big trouble once again. They're hurting. They're in much suffering that's gone on, was going on until one man said, it's time for us to pray. It's time for us to get on about God's business. So Jerusalem's been left in ruin for all these years. And now word comes back, they're coming out of this captivity, if you will. And now here in chapter 1, this is what takes place. Those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and the gates have been burned with fire. 
And Nehemiah, when he heard these things, notice what he does. I sat down and I wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Have you done that, my friend? Over the things that's happening in our world today, in this pandemic, and all the other things that we're dealing with in this world of ours, when's the last time you sat down and wept? When's the last time that you mourned about what was going on or fasted? Have you been praying about this? I bet you have been, haven't you? Well, something takes place when that happens. They begin to build the walls back. But notice this in chapter 4. When they're about halfway through and finished with the wall, the enemy was trying their best to get them to just give up altogether. You know, when you get about halfway through with some projects of life or halfway through a particular struggle in your life, it can be the toughest of times. It can be tough because you get tired and you get weary and you get you know, grumpy and dumpy and lumpy sometimes. And it's easy to let your guard down. And that's when you need somebody to come into your life and give you a little pep talk, a good friend to come along and say, no, 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 don't you dare quit now. And that's what I want to give you today. In Nehemiah chapter 4, it goes on to say, this is what Nehemiah's pep talk was. You know what it was? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid. And then he said, don't be afraid, but he comes back with this one word, remember. Remember what? Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And I want to tell you today that God is great and God is awesome. Let's not forget that. Let's remember first things first. Remember last week's message. God is an awesome God. And the church says, amen. He goes on, and fight. There is a time for you and I to stand our ground and fight. He said, fight for your families. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Fight. Now is the time. He's given this courageous talk, if you will. When our enemies heard that we were, he goes on to say in verse 5, of, aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it. Notice who frustrated the plot. God did. We all returned to the wall and each to our own work. From that day on, half of the men did the work, while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. And then chapter 6 comes along. You know what takes place? Because the enemy said at the very beginning, even if they could rebuild it, even a fox could run up its walls and it would just collapse. And you know what chapter 6 tells us? What the enemy said couldn't be done was done in 52 days. 52 days. It was something that could not be done that was done because of God's help. But people that were willing to stand, people that were willing to do their part. How was that possible? It was possible because one man stood, stood in the gap and said enough is enough. And, and what did he do? If you go back and look in the chapters, what did he do? Chapter 1, he confessed his sin and their sin. And then he prayed to God for forgiveness and protection. And the people got on with the business at hand. And folks, I want to tell you today, the business at hand for us is we've got to get on with our lives. We've got to move on with our lives. 
We have to strap on the armor of God. We have to put on the armor of God. And we need to trust Him for what He has told us. For He has told us, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is God talking to you and talking to me. He's the one that's given us directions. He's the one that's given us the pep talk. He's the one that's saying, come on, take a stand. Pray, I am with you. Put on the full armor that I have for your life. I'll be your protector. I'll be your guide. I'll be your deliverer. Oh, we need it now more than ever. So let us switch gears and let's move over to the New Testament. In the New Testament, there's all kinds of stories in there you could pick up with, with on, this story, or on this matter. But I really want to go to a church that Paul talks to, and it's the church at Colossae. So it's found in the book of Colossians. And he prayed this prayer as he starts off this, this letter to the church. He prays this powerful prayer for them. He can't be with them, but he sends a letter. And as we start a meeting or a service or something, someone comes in and says, let us pray. And they pray. It kind of invites God into the picture. It kind of sets our stage for who we're trusting and who we're a part of and what we're here for and what we're to be about. That's why it's important for you and I every day to start our day off with prayer. God, this is the day that you've given me. This is the day that I get to shine for you. This is the day that I get to tell someone about you. This is the day that you have something planned great for my life. I know you're with me today. I don't know all the things that's going to happen today. But I trust you, Lord. And I love you, Lord. And I just ask you to be with me today. Amen. That's how it works. So this is what Paul does. He tells them these words in verses 9 through 14. Again, lengthy reading. For this reason, since the day that I heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all the wisdom and the understanding that the Spirit gives. Where does the wisdom and understanding come from? It comes through the Spirit. That's why you got to get the Spirit in you. That's why you need to be baptized so you can have your sins removed so that He can not only remove your sins but fill you with His Spirit. And then when you get in His Word, it opens up and it connects with the Spirit of God and you get the wisdom and the understanding that you need every day. That's a freebie. It didn't cost you anything extra. All right, here we go. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with the power according to the glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has, who has qualified you. Notice that. God has qualified you. Imagine that. I didn't. Nobody else did. God's qualified you to share in the inheritance of the holy people in the kingdom of light. The church should shout amen on that one. For he has rescued us. He's rescued us. He hasn't left us. He hasn't forsaken us. He's rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sin. And the church once again says, Amen. And the preacher says, Amen, Amen. Two times. I'm going to come back to this. I, 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 the more I read this, and I've probably read this 15, 20 times already 
this week, this passage, and I'm going to come back to this, and, and I'm, going to, I'm going to chew on this a while, and I'm going to have another message here, I promise you that. Um, but I want to point out six things that Paul say, states here. He, he asked for six specific things for the people in that church. I don't know what was going on at that church. I don't know what was going on at that time. I don't know that part of the history of it. But I just got a feeling things were going on in their lives just like it's going on in your life and my life. Just like it is in our world today. And so this is what he prays. He says, I want these six things specifically for your life. I want you to first be filled. I want you to live a worthy life. I want you to bear fruit. I want you to grow. I want you to be strengthened. And I want you to give thanks to God. Those six things are powerful in your life, my friend. That's what we need in our lives. And just as Paul encouraged them, I can just see someone getting up and saying, we got a letter from Paul, and he pulls out the scroll and he begins to read it. And they're all listening. With bated ears, they're just listening because they can't wait for the encouragement that Paul's going to give them. And just as Paul encouraged the church there at Colossae, I want to encourage you today. I want to give you something today. I want to give the teachers and I want to give every student. I want to give the janitor. I want to get the cook. I want to get the bus driver. I want to get the administration, the staff, everybody else that's included. Every, all of us, I want to give you a little encouragement in those six areas. You might be thinking right now, man, this guy's going to talk for an hour and a half. Nope. These are bullet points. So write them down. Get them down. Look them up. See what you think for yourself. But here we go. Number one, be filled. That's right. What I want you to be I want you to be filled with the joy and the peace and the grace and the mercy that God offers you right now. That's what I want for your life because I know that's what God wants for your life. For in Romans chapter 15, he says these words, May the God of hope fill you with all joy, not some, but all joy and peace as you trust in Him. You trust Him, don't you? As you trust in Him, may He fill you with all joy and all peace so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, you can be filled so much with the joy of God, it can overflow in your life with the, the joy and the hope that will overcome anything that the world is going to throw at you. Anything. Don't you dare miss out on the joy that God has planned for you this year, my friend. Don't miss out on it. Because God has that for you. Number two, live a worthy life. Oh yes, this is important. Let the best in you come out this year. Students, listen, this year, let it be the best year ever. And you say, well, yeah, but it's already starting out. I'm scared. Use it to your advantage because God's on your side. Shine for Jesus. That's what he's telling you there in Colossians 1. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. You want to please him every day? You get up, you put your stuff, you get ready to go, you get a good breakfast. Either you're sitting at the kitchen table and mom and dad's trying to teach you. <laughs> that would be about me. I'm not trying to teach, but trying to teach you or looking on the screen, a teacher, or you're in a class. You say, you know, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it, even though I got homework. I'm going to do that. I'm going to give Him glory. Live a life that's worthy of the Lord for your life. All right. Number three is bear fruit. I like fruit. You like fruit. So does God, apparently. 
Ask God to allow you to be productive and successful, whether you're the student or the teacher this year. You can do that. Help me to be productive. You teachers out there, I know you're saying, man, I'm a little, I don't know, I'm really. Hey, look, every day you get up and, you know, get dressed, look in the mirror and say, hey, help me, God, to be productive today. For you, Lord, first. For you, first. In John chapter 15, the scripture says that I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. God says you're going to be a fruit bearer this year. You're going to bear some great fruit. You're, you're planting this in these hearts of these kids. You're going to bear fruit this year. But remember, he goes on to say, apart from me, you can do nothing. So stay with him. Number four is to grow. We like growth. Growth is important in our life. So I want to just say it this way. Develop and expand your horizons. Students, just make this, again, expand your horizons. Look beyond all this stuff that's going on. Look beyond that. Don't lose sight of the dream that you have. Don't, don't lose sight of what God has for you. Don't do that. If you're the student, open your mind up. Open your mind up in the things that will allow you to develop in life and to grow in life. All those books that they give you, they give you to for, there for a reason. The things the teachers are teaching you are there for a reason. But remember in all of that, God has a plan for your life. And if you will just listen and gain through this in life and keep your mindset on Christ, He will show you what that is because He has great plans for you. Remember Jeremiah 29, 11. But if you're the teacher, know this. Keep in mind, this is important. Many teachers miss out on this. I am so thankful for the Christian teachers that we have in our school systems. I mean, I would just... I mean, it's, it's tough already, but I, I would shudder to think of what it would be like with no Christian teachers in our schools. I want to thank you for it. So keep this one in mind always. What you teach is what your children, what your students absorb into their lives. Make sure above all things that you don't forget to show God's love in what you teach. Please, my friend. 2 Peter chapter 3 says it this way, But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever and forever and forever. Amen. Number five, be strengthened. Strengthen. So what I want to say on that one, strengthen in your mind, body, and spirit. Remember this. Oh, young people, you got to get this. Get, get this one. Teachers, get this one. You choose every day. You do. Everybody has a choice every day. But you choose every day if the things you face will make you stronger or weaker. Choose the stronger. Choose to be stronger today than you were yesterday. But not near as strong as you're going to be tomorrow. Exodus chapter 15 says this, The Lord is my strength and my deliverer. The Lord is my strength. Where are you getting all this strength from? God's just helping me. God's making me stronger. Through all of this that we've been going through these past five months, this shut-in stuff, this lock-up stuff, this wear this, don't wear that, wear, what, what, uh, are you stronger or weaker? If you're in the Lord, you should be stronger. Stronger in the Lord because He is my deliverer.
Number six, number six, give thanks. You cannot do that enough. Give thanks, and watch this one. Give thanks that God has given you the opportunity to be who you are and where you are in life. Because He's exactly got you exactly where He wants you. Do you know that? It doesn't matter if you're 8 or 88. It doesn't matter. God has you exactly where He wants you to be. Don't forget that. You are teaching at the school that God wants you to teach at. Right now, apparently. You are at the place in your life where God wants you right now. Whether the student or the teacher, God has you right where He wants you to be. So what God is asking you to do is just to shine. For some of you kids that are going into middle school, that's a tough change. You're going into this from 5th grade to 6th grade. Man, you walk them hallways, everybody seems like giants. I'm scared. I don't know really what's going on. They're going to make fun of me. and All, all this stuff is going on. It's tough, isn't it? And ninth graders, the same thing. You move over to high school. Oh, man. And seniors, I heard a lot about them seniors. Oh boy, yeah, it gets tough, doesn't it? Well, just remember who's with you. That's my encouragement. Just put something in your locker, or maybe in one of your books. You know, God's for me. Who can be against me? Who is this punk up there in the twelfth grade? Right? God is for you. So shine for Him. Do something to shine for Him. Make a decision that I'm not going to follow all the fads that are thrown out there in front of me. I'm going to follow Jesus. In Psalms 107, it says this, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Amen? Amen. One last thing, we'll be finished. I told Lonnie this is going to be 18 minutes. It's already 22, but here we go. One last thing. Remember, when Nehemiah was building the wall, and they were in trouble, and trouble came, what did they do? All the, It says all the enemy in chapter 4 there, I believe it's chapter 4, all the enemy came in. They wanted to wipe them out. Do you know what they did? In verse number 8, it says, They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. They didn't want them to rebuild. They didn't want things to get back. They didn't want them to have a life. They didn't want that. They wanted, they wanted to just keep pushing it down. They wanted control over us. Sound familiar? Watch this. But we prayed. Here's the key. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Yeah. Three things. I want you to know this. Three things are going to take place during this time of this transition back to school. Watch what it is. The three things are going to take place during this time, just like it did during Nehemiah's time. What are they? Here it is. Number one. The kids are going to get back to school doing what they need to do. Number one, the kids are going to get back to school doing what they are doing and what they're supposed to be doing. Number two, the rest of us, we are going to suit up and we're going to make sure that we have suited up with the full armor of God and we are going to pray over them every single day. We're not going to miss a day. And then thirdly, and most importantly, God. God is going to be our deliverer, just as He was for them and just as He will be for us. God will be our deliverer. How do I know that? These three on the screen, hopefully they're there for you. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Notice what it says. But thanks be to God. He gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We win. I read the end. We win. Deuteronomy 20, verse number 4. For the Lord your God 
is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. Now that's good news. And listen to what this one says in 1 John chapter 4 or 5. It says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. Are you born of God? You overcome the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith. It's Jesus going to cross and our faith in Him that gives us victory over the world. That's good news. Let's pray. Father, what an awesome, awesome God You are. You haven't failed us. This is just a time for testing so that we can prove our scores and so we can be found stronger in You when we come through all of this. You are in us, God. We accept what You offer us today. We, we, we do as Nehemiah, Father. We just plead uh, our guilt. We're, we're sinful. We haven't shined the way we should have. We've sinned against You. And Father, forgive us. Please, Lord, forgive us. Thank You for that forgiveness that's promised through Your Son that gave His life on the cross. And we being Your children, that You forgive us. What an awesome God You are. And now that we're forgiven, Father, we're asking for protection. We're asking for protection for our students and our teachers and our moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas. And we're over those that believe in you, Father. Protect us. Help us to shine. Help us to do all the things. Help us to be bold in what we do. Help us to bear fruit this year. Help us to grow this year. Help us to be these people that are strengthened by you. Help us always to remember to give you thanks for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do. We give you glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Take care, my friend. God bless you. Have a great year.
to the Lord. 